welcome to Theme Park Real Talk, the show that talks about theme parks and our feels about them, good or bad. I'm Amy, and this is Andy, and we're not here to hold back, and we hope you don't either. And first things first, this week we are on all of the socials. We are on all the social medias. Um, as of this week, we're on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram and TikTok. Yes, we have. We now have a TikTok, and I created the Instagram, but there's nothing on there yet. But uh, we will be. <laughs> you should. You should take it on faith that it's going to be awesome and follow us anyway. So yeah, <laughs> and, so uh, connect with us. <laughs> yeah, and you can find all our links on themeparkrealtalk.com. So hopefully, you know, help we can hear from you guys and see what you want to hear and what you think of our episodes and all of our theme park shenanigans. Uh, this week we're starting with more sad news. Another Disney legend, Ruthie Thompson, best known for her work on animated features at Disney. Um, she passed away, unfortunately, but she did live to the very, very ripe old age of 111. That 111. Is, incredible, incredible. There is something in that Disney water. I don't know what it is, but animators seem to live extremely long lives. It's true. I, you know, I was just telling you my, my grandmother was an animator in Cuba and she lived to be almost a hundred herself. But, you know, whenever I go to Disney Springs and they have the different celebrations of different cultures and the LGBTQ celebration, they always uh, put up those panels of celebrating the various artists and Disney family members that are part of the heritage that they're celebrating. And every single one of them is like, so-and-so lived to be 105 years old. So-and-so is 106 when he passed. Like it's just something about animation. It makes you live a, a really long time. So it's so true. She got started in the animation department uh, with Lonesome Ghost that haunted, speaking of how, I mean, we're coming up on Halloween. So that's a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good way to start. Uh, she did Lonesome Ghost. She worked on Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Fantasia. The last things she seemed to be doing were uh, this in the 70s era of The Rescuers, The Lord of the Rings that Disney did, and a short film. I don't know if it's a short film, <laughs> uh, a film called One Metamorphosis. But she started in 1937, famously in the ink and paint department. And there was that famous letter from Disney in response to a woman who wanted to work at Disney as an animator. And basically, Disney wrote back saying, well, you know, a women's work is more kind of in the painting department and not so much in the creative zone. So that she worked so early on these early films and then just kind of worked her way up as an animator kind of shows the talent that she had and her persistence and that she was able to stay and also able to build a career as an animator is is ambitious for that is for that incredible. era <laughs> it's incredible but you know it is very telling that a lot of her uh, her credits are uncredited so she wasn't credited on the original you know ca uh, cast and crew list but of course now we know that I mean even in, in the 60s it's, it's like scene planners and the, all the roles that she had she wasn't really always credited for her work but now she is posthumously and 
Um, she really, she had a very long career, so we will miss you, Ruthie. And, um, you know, let's pour one out for Ruthie, another pour one out for another one for Ruthie. Hopefully we won't start next week with another sad, yes. sad tale of another. This is, this is, that's, I mean, it is sad, but we're celebrating her. We are that's definitely right. celebrating her because I mean, she had an amazing life that many people today still aspire to have a 45 year career in animation and especially the time she lived in she was certainly a pioneer so especially working for disney and she was she was part of the original original group there so thanks ruthie one for her um (laughs) speaking of disney and disneyland in california uh there was a lot of disney news that came out this week so the biggest thing that happened at disneyland was the complaints about the dream key pass and the pass system that's happening right now at disneyland reservations are really hard to get for dream key pass holders which is the top tier of the new pass system for disneyland and you so, predicted this you predicted I mean, this would happen saw it i'm just saying yeah. <laughs> saw it coming uh you because, did. You really yeah. like two two weeks ago on the show. You said this is going to make it a nightmare for people who are supposed to be having the easiest time of That's getting right. reservations. So I was like, it's it's going to be a mess, and I'm sad to say that I was right because I don't want to be right. Like right, especially <laughs> for this. You know, we've said it that the top tier should be able to at least get reservations for the times that they want to go. They're paying fourteen hundred dollars for their pass. And I think I, I don't remember specifically, but there is like a period of, you know, you have 90 days to make your reservations, whereas people who have one day passes will have, you know, 60 days, 60, a shorter, yeah, yeah a shorter days. period of time. But now because of reservations, which are necessary and limited capacity with Disneyland and the Disney parks, pass holders are having trouble getting those reservations. So for, for example, they want to go on a weekend in October And October weekend started selling out already back in September. So they're not able to go or plan for weekends that they're paying for. That's the difference also is that Dream Key is available on weekends, whereas the the last pass that's available for everyone is only available on the weekdays. So now it's like, well, people can't go on the weekdays. And that's the reason that they're getting the pass that has the weekend option on it, right? And now that's that's not happening. So people were looking to see what was available. And for October, there's nothing left. November is going very quickly. December is also going very quickly. The holidays, forget it. The holidays (laughs) will not be an option soon. So the the, people are discovering that if you were able, if you were to buy a one-day ticket on a certain tier, you have the ability to make a reservation. Or if you have a two-day ticket, you're able to make a reservation. So people are wondering why, as pass holders, they're not able to get those reservations that you would get just being somebody who doesn't just have a ticket that just bought a it. ticket for the day. So that sounds shady. That sounds shady. I'm just saying that sounds a little shady, Disneyland. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> You ain't wrong. And they were making comparisons against like Walt Disney World and their reservation system, which seems completely open at this point. You can see like you can, you know, you can check it on the app and Disney World has like these little green dots to let you know that you're available to go <laughs> to yeah. go on any day. Whereas Disneyland, we have our little castle and it's completely grayed out on the weekends. It's grayed out on the weekdays. So yeah, I think it's I think it's totally unfair for 
I, I'm with I'm with pass holders on this on this one thing, which is that if they're paying for weekends and they're paying for access to be able to go to the parks and they're they, they should be able to get that service. And I'm kind of wondering why it's not well, it, it sounds like yeah. it sounds like they're behind uh one day ticket holders, which is that's that's where I yeah. think is is you know, if, if everybody had the same fair uh, access to it and you'd be like well first come first serve what are you going to do i mean mm-hmm. at this point uh, all the theme parks not just disney all theme parks around the world right now they're all just trying to keep afloat not keep afloat but you know just manage their business and manage right. capacity and it's all a learning curve and you know we're it, it's to be expected that there's going to be some glitches and some things that are not really ideal because every every all these kinks are still being worked out but um at the very least, it's common sense to have it be first come, first serve. But it sounds as though the one day ticket holders are, are taking priority over the pass holders. And that yes. is probably what's rubbing people wrong. So, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem right. Um, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the pass system was introduced back in August. Yeah. So it's October now and the holidays are coming up. So people do want to go more often because they want to see decorations that are happening at Disneyland and California Adventure. And so. Right. You know, I, I can't, uh, people do want to go, you know, after work and it's difficult for them to get a reservation then, but, and I, I have no problem with people who just want to go for the day, but like just being able to plan to go for a weekend shouldn't be such a trial. Like yeah. if they wanted <laughs> to go on a Saturday and capacity is open because it's available to one right. day ticket holders or two day ticket holders then I would have a problem with that as a pass holder. I am not, yeah, I'm not too. as of yet. I wouldn't need it, but I mean, it seems to be an issue and I don't know, Disneyland. The, t- the tier, yeah, no, the tier, the, the Disney, I have an annual pass to Disney World and uh, to the, the Florida parks and the, the, all of the weekends for October are blocked out for my tier level. Cause I didn't get, I got like the second to lowest tier just because right. it works out best for my family. And that's, it ended up happening. That's what ended up happening is that um, all of the, because of the 50th anniversary celebration, all of the weekends in October are blocked, are blocked out, but it's pretty easy to get a reservation outside of that. I actually have a couple of reservations already for the holiday season. Um, I'm a person that doesn't necessarily like to go like right on a holiday because I have done that before. I've gone for the 4th of July. I have gone for Thanksgiving and um the crowds are unreal and not just that it's i don't know like it's a whole thing to go to disney world when you and nobody lives near disney world a lot of right. people don't know this you can't nobody lives because disney bought all of the property surrounding it so the closest you can really live is like 15 20 minutes away but i happen to live in a suburb and so it takes me a while so you're fighting through holiday traffic and you know for what for like to go to a theme park that you've you know you could go a week before and see the exact same decorations right. and things like that. so i mean for me it's never really been you know fourth of july i haven't gone in a couple of years but when i went it was just you know to the gills with people it was just horribly horribly crowded right. it wasn't that it just wasn't fun in the middle of a florida summer too so for it really it's very hit or miss for i think if you're out of town and you're here like as an out-of-towner on a holiday or, or it makes sense but so I'm not really too concerned about not having access to but I, I have some holiday pass um so sorry some holiday reservations pretty close to the holidays so I right. can kind of you know get the gist and yeah. then go home right <laughs> <laughs> just I get the, I get the idea and then go home you know because they kind of have all the photo ops and all that stuff and all the decorations for since uh, well they're going to end you know mid-November for right. um when 
food and wine festival is over. So I'm not too concerned about um, missing that out. But I mean, it's it's different in Disneyland because you know this is a place where a lot of people you say go to hang, just to go chill out and hang out after work. Yeah. And it does, I think, probably maybe doesn't work as seamlessly in LA as it does in in New York. Because a lot of people here like a lot of the Florida AP holders really like the reservation system just because yeah. it is. The capacity is down. You're not fighting shoulder to shoulder crowds. Uh, the lines are, lo- are a lot shorter. Um, you know, it's it's even better for out of town guests because it does give everybody a fair opportunity to ride any ride that they want to. So um, it really works out for the Florida parks, but it sounds like it's not translating as seamlessly to the LA ones. Right. Like I'm absolutely not ragging on the reservation system. I really like the reservation system too. It works for me as an out of towner because I was able to plan my days in advance, but definitely I think it's more of people who are maybe traveling in one day or two days, just like spontaneously. And it does, obviously it does bother locals because there's a lot of AP locals in Los Angeles. But um, yeah, I really think that Disney just needs to straighten it out and see what works best for everybody. And I am definitely not talking price hike. I'm just (laughs) talking a way to figure out how to prioritize one over the other. Or maybe if reservations aren't filling up, capacity is not filling up that day, release reservations for people who are pass holders so that they're able to go. That is just a suggestion. So <laughs> uh, hopefully Disneyland will be able to work that out. But I guess time I will mean, tell. <laughs> I, I, yeah, time will definitely tell. But it, I mean, just to kind of move on to the next thing that we wanted to talk about is the D- Disney Genie Pass that officially oh, yeah. is, is debuting <laughs> October 19th. And that does not seem like a step down in terms of complicatedness because I think the Disney community has been grappling with this for like ever since it was announced because it's so, I mean, it's a lot of people are saying it's very convoluted and difficult to understand. And I I think I understand how it's working, but I also understand where it like goes off the rails. And right. Yeah. It's it's also already active in Paris. So they're dealing with it, dealing with it. They're experiencing it right now. And so I, I haven't heard anything much coming out of Paris, but especially for Florida, which is such a big, you know, traveler theme park, a lot of people coming in and out of Florida and going to those parks very curious how it's going to look while um while it's there and while people begin to use it because people will be using it oh of course (laughs) no for sure i mean the the real so uh, it starts out pretty straightforward so you have the genie plus i think it's called the genie plus pass right it's that's the the pass and it works pretty much exactly like the fast pass used to work so you have to reserve certain rides and then you know you come back at certain times in certain time windows and you can ride that with a very short like five minute wait time the only difference there's two differences with this one one is that you can't re-ride any ride. So in with the old fast pass system, that once sucks. you used up your, yeah, that really does. <laughs> once you used up those three passes, you could just then on a rolling basis, get more fast passes, like one at a time. And so you could re-ride things at that point. Um, I, I didn't a lot of times just because, you know, when you're in the parks, you have a very short amount of time and you don't necessarily, unless you really love a ride and want to see it twice, which does happen. Yeah. But um so there was that. And also there is the fact that this is $15 per person. Um, a lot of people are upset that, you know, Disney is already a very expensive uh, undertaking, especially if you have a family. Uh, $15 a person 
per day is is not as expensive as universals uh like you know pass the the express pass express, they have which is yeah. a it's a hundred dollars a day and i think it's even more for like the extra extra express one i forget what they call it but you know it's like um you know there's there's tiers of express uh passes there i mean a hundred dollars a day per person it's almost double the ticket amount. So $15 is pretty reasonable, I think, especially if you, you know, it, for a small family, it's not a, like a huge expense. Um, but I mean, maybe if you're one of those like, you know, 20 person family reunions or whatever that I see all the time that walk in a straight horizontal line, just like no care in the world and blah, everybody loves those people, the family, 20 people, family reunions at Disney World. I see them all the time. They're great. They're so much fun. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, unless you maybe you have 20 people in your party, maybe then you're like, okay, that's a lot of money. But you know, for most families, it's not going to be a huge expense. I'd equate it to like a meal, like one meal at Disney. Right. Like if you're yeah. spending $15 on each person, then that's what you're dedicating to this. Or once, right. Or one souvenir or something like that. But where it starts to get dicey. And I think where they lose the plot is the lightning pass because yeah. instead of, so the fast pass kind of used to work the same way. So you would have like a special tier of like their popular rides and you could those you could i think you could only get one you couldn't rewrite those but you could rewrite the like the lower tier ones but instead of bundling it all up into a, the genie pass they're charging extra on top of the now not necessarily on top they're actually independent services so you don't have to get the genie pass to get the lightning pass so if you right. only want to pay for expedited service to like rise of the resistance for example in hollywood studios then you, you can do that. You can just pay a la carte for that, uh, you know, the, the extra, the fast pass, the fast access to just that one ride. You can get both and you can get one or the other. So I just feel like that's where they lost the plot is the lightning pass. I think if they had bundled everything together, it would be just a lot more intuitive. I think people are, I mean, I, I know people, I had to read this a few times myself to kind of really wrap my head right. around what they're trying to do. I just, I, I feel like they're going to maybe tweak that process because it, it is just, it's just too complicated because right. there's just too many moving parts for, you know, like if you have four or five people in your party and just figuring out what to pay for whom, and right. even in the app, it's not necessarily intuitive, like how to get those things. Um, so, no, yeah. it's, I mean, it works in the same way as a fast pass. The last time I went to Disney world, I had no idea what the tier systems were. I mean, they asked me to, to choose my fast passes in advance. So I said, okay, I'll do that. And so, you know, I was up at six o'clock in the morning over here on the West coast, like making my selections, but it doesn't necessarily, it didn't necessarily say like, okay, well, this is considered like a tier one attraction. So you only have one options of one option of this. Right. And then yeah. subsequently you'll have the lower tiered ones. So for example, we have a little chart here. Uh, oh, yes. The Walt Disney World Lightning Lane attractions at Magic Kingdom are Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Space Mountain. Okay. Uh, Who knew? That one, that one kind of befuddled me. Is that really like, like the it? second most popular ride at Magic Kingdom? Okay. Everybody you know? <laughs> who comes to California says the one in Florida is so much better. And I'm like, why? Is it just because it we cool, have... Is but... it because we have... No, I'm sorry. That's the other way around. People like ours because we have a lot of different sounds, I guess. But the one in Florida, I guess, is nice because it's individual seats as opposed to ours here, which have double seats, which sometimes right. doesn't work out well. 
Anyway, segue. But uh, the one, <laughs> the Lightning Lanes at Epcot will be a Ratatouille event, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, Frozen Ever After. The ones at Hollywood Studios are Rise of the Resistance, of course. Mickey, of course, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and at Animal Kingdom, it is, of course, Flight of Passage. Okay. And yeah. Expedition Everest, I don't know if it's just because of the time I go. I have never waited in line yeah, for that same. ride, like ever. I don't know why that's same. one of those. Well, maybe it's, if it's a busy it's, summer, like, It's you know. one of the few roller coasters, like real mm, hardcore, true. like tr- legit roller coasters. I mean, you know, we have the Slinky Dog Dash, which is pretty good. And we have, you know, a couple of others that yeah. come close, but it is one of the few legit roller coasters. So for the thrill seekers that come that's true. to the, th- the Disney parks, uh, you know, that is a big differentiator between Orlando's uh, Universal and Disney parks is that Universal has a ton of real roller Fun. coasters. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a hardcore ones too, like their Hulk ride is, you know, will knock your socks off. And there, Disney doesn't really have a whole lot that's comparable. Even like their Hagrid, the Hagrid ride that debuted mm. pretty recently, it's a really good roller coaster. And yeah. there's not a lot that's comparable to that in Disney. So if for the thrill seekers, that tends to be the Expedition Everest tends to be really, really popular. But okay. you're right, you know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> Animal Kingdom, to be honest, I have never seen lines at Animal Kingdom that be that all that significant at all. And I, I would wager, I'm not, I don't have any access to like numbers, but I would wager that's probably the least visited of all the parks. Yeah. So I don't know how, the I don't only know thing, how intense the rides get, the, you know, the, right. the lines. <laughs> I could see, I could see people paying for Flight of Passage on like yeah. a crazy day, but that's the thing. The other thing that this works is it'll work like the fast pass system in which the fast pass system just by its creation slows down the standby lane because you're letting people into this lightning lane system and so i'm curious how if they think that you know if you pay for it a la carte that means that less people will use it and so maybe they think it'll balance like the amount of people who are in standby and it won't be as busy as the former fast pass system was i don't know what the I, I don't know what the thinking is behind that, but maybe that could be one of the reasons is like, well, maybe people won't pay for this and then it'll, I mean, maybe, it, yeah. You know, and we have, know. we have briefly touched on the fact that Disney's really good about giving people disability access. And mm-hmm. this may be a way to not mitigate that, but, you know, be a stopgap for mm. people who may want to do this instead of going through guest services and registering as, as having a person who's or for larger parties it's really hard to that's because true the, the disability um, access pass um, at disney world um, only accommodates up to six people in your party and anybody that's outside of that party doesn't so this doesn't get access to the privileges of the disability access pass so if you have a larger party this might make sense so there's a few use cases i can kind of see it working for um, I don't think it's very expensive. I would actually be very curious to see if there is a sort of a domino effect of how mm. the disability access passes get handled um, going forward, just because I do think that is a factor in how much more rigorous the process of getting a disability access pass in uh, Universal Studios is, is because they do want to funnel people, as many people as possible, into their paying for the express right yeah so i i was that that did cross i don't want to be cynical but that thought yeah. crossed my mind to see if if because but 15 dollars per person is not a huge 
it's not a hundred dollars a person. So the, the right. profit margin. But it could there. it could equate a hundred dollars if you're going, let's say you get it for the I wish there was a I wish there was a you know a package deal if you could get it yeah. for the week instead of it having be individual per day, because that adds up like a lot if you're going for the week and you decide to get for sure. you know the fast pass system for the entire week and then you're like well I want to ride this ride and then you're gonna end up buying lightning lane and yeah that definitely dips into whatever your budget looks like for the park so my my prediction for this is well so yeah that's the thing is if you're doing if you're doing lightning lightning lane um rides as well as the genie that is a significant expenditure. I think yeah. somebody said that it averaged out to $40 extra per guest. And like you have a family of five, that's $200 extra a day. That is a lot of money that, especially if you're doing their five days, it's an extra grand right. that you're doing, you know? Um, so it, it is a significant expenditure depending on your situation. Mm -hmm. I, I, I predict Disney will simplify this process. The, the feedback has tremendously been, we don't mind the price, but what the hell is the system? You know, like yeah. this is a mess. This is so hard to figure out. And there's just so many moving parts to it. I just feel that um, it's not hard to figure out if you sit there and you take the time to like tease out all of the different, you know, the different ways that it works. And just the fact that they are two different services that yeah. are a la carte, like that makes no sense to me. Just they have to bundle it. They have to make it simplified. They probably will tie it into tickets and to, you know, to get into the parks. They may tie it into like they do for Universal. They may tie it into some past tiers in a future date. Right. That remains to be seen. Uh, but, you know, I, it's definitely here to stay. I don't think they're yeah. going to take it away. It's, there's no unringing this bell. I think once they, you know, once they start charging you, they're not going to start giving this stuff away for free. But um, I do think they're going to simplify it. And I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they heavily modified or did away with the lightning pass mm -hmm. altogether and just kind of folded it into the genie pass, even if that meant a slight price hike for the genie. So. Yeah, I was looking up uh, just to try to get a hold of this whole genie plus thing, but they called it tailored recommendations on listed on disney parks blog so it says you'll receive attraction and dining recommendations inspired in part by what you told disney genie service you're most interested in doing and i remember back in 2015 when i went to the parks this already existed in the fa in the system because when i was choosing fast passes for my trip it said you know do you want to go morning do you want to go in the noon do you want to go at night so I'd be like, well, I want to go in the afternoon. So it gives you three times that had available for certain rides and you pick right. the level of what you wanted to do. And so I can see how they're just modifying the, <laughs> the system already and just calling it something different. They're calling it, they're calling it genie because it's trying to act like a personal assistant, like a personal reservation service inside of the app. But like, it's not really like you're making recommendations, but you're like, well, I want to eat at, you know, Grand, uh, Grand Floridian tonight. Like are my reservations on there and how they're, they're not going to tailor it specific. I don't think anyway, they'll tailor it specifically to your vacation, but it'll make suggestions for you on maybe dining reservations. So you can go there after you've done your fast passes. And I don't know, like Disney people are such planners. Like, I don't know if that'll jive with like yeah. people who do want to plan out their vacations. I mean, people were frustrated with the fast pass system. I remember in Florida already because they had trouble changing their fast passes. Like yeah. 
I want to go on Slinky Dog, but Slinky Dog doesn't have time. So I'm just going to go on Peter Pan and, but they're still not going on the things that they want to go to. So I'm curious how this system will improve upon it, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's going to improve their bottom line. There's yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. It's improving their profit margin, but past that, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I definitely foresee that they're going to simplify it because, I mean, it, right? It, it, the feedback was universal about how it was just too convoluted. Even people who understood it, it's yeah. just too convoluted. I, I, the fact that it's, you know, side by side, that, that I think that's where they went wrong. If they had made the lightning mm-hmm. pass part of the genie the genie plus as uh, the genie plus pass and i think that would have worked but the fact that this you can get one or both or one or the other or one at the same time or then you know the whole a la carte thing is is too much it's too much for people who are already you know taking two kids or whatever yeah and you were talking about you were saying you know financially also uh there was this tiktok creator who had mentioned that i don't know if he was a former cast member but that the fast passes used to include photo pass service on yes. them. Yeah. So in case, for example, if anything went wrong with the rides and you weren't able to get a fast pass because they ran out of fast passes, Disney had the excuse of, oh, well, you know, we didn't promise you fast passes, yeah. but you do have this as a photo pass. So you have all of your pictures from the entire day and that is what Disney would say as if you didn't get fast pass, <laughs> right? As your consolation prize, like you already paid for the photo service, so enjoy your pictures. But we didn't promise you anything about fast passes because we said they could potentially run out. So now that this, you know, Genie Plus is not including photo pass, you have to purchase that separately. We talked about it before in Walt Disney yeah. World; they have a whole package. Disneyland now they have packages. Now Disney doesn't have anything to fall back on, on these passes. If you exactly. run out of fast passes and run out of time, like, what are they going to say? Like they, they have to deliver because yeah. you paid for it, you know, yeah. either that are going to refund. I mean, that's, I'm, that mm-hmm. actually crossed my mind too, because what, what if, what happens if everybody decides on a Saturday afternoon, let's say the right. Saturday before Christmas Eve, which is traditionally one of the busiest days of the year. Uh, at, at uh, the Magic Kingdom or whatever, and everybody decides to buy a Fast Pass for, then it's meaningless, you know. Right. Like everybody decides to buy a, the Genie Plus, whatever for, or the Lightning Pass for whatever popular ride is, or the Seven Mine, the Seven Dwarfs Mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then it's meaningless because then everybody has a Fast Pass. It's the same as the standby line. So I don't know. I think <laughs> they're still working on, they're still working on the logistics of that. But uh, but I I do predict. That, tweaks tweaks are, are afoot you know yeah are, that happened all the time at disneyland that people would buy uh the passes later in the max pass later in the day like at you know two o'clock in the afternoon because they didn't feel like standing in lines but by the time they already bought it all those fast passes were gone oh for goodness. the big rides like haunted mansion space mountain small world especially during the holidays like that stuff is gone but disney's fallback is well, you have photo pass. You can get as many photos as you want. And now there's well, nothing. So as of as of right now, as the official announcement from the parks is that there will be no caps on Genie. There will be no caps on the passes. And they are not capping it. They will mm-hmm. not if if every single person walking through the gates buys one, then then it is what it is because they mm-hmm. are that is the official word is as as of right now, they will not be capping that. So we will see how the chips Well, that's a choice. So <laughs> oh my God. I didn't know that. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? What could go wrong? 
I just see lines upon lines of guest relations being like, I bought this pass and it cost me my family $150 and I didn't get to go on anything like on Christmas day. On Christmas day. Well, the thing that they're debuting this right before like literally two weeks before the holiday season starts because you know, the Halloween is a big day. Uh, in the parks as well people a lot of a lot of people like to go to the parks on halloween right uh, and especially this year that it falls on a weekend forget it it's going to be through the roof the crowds and it's probably going to hit capacity and all this so i can absolutely see that scenario playing out and just i think i don't i don't know if they really thought through every possible scenario but this is disney and they 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 rarely they have a method to their madness typically so they think that (laughs) so let we'll just see we'll just see where it goes but um Let's move on to a different park before we lose our, lose our darn <laughs> minds. Uh, Universal Studios Orlando is closing Shrek 4D. Aww, How do yes. you feel about this? Did you see Shrek? <laughs> I did. I went once. It was quite a few years ago. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I can see why. You know, it's the right. same logic as to why Disney turns out different things Shrek now that it's not a timeless classic I just watched Shrek with a friend some friends kids pretty recently it's still funny it's still cute but you know they have a lot of other things going on and I'm sure that they're going to want to update it to something that is more uh, immediate and recognizable to you know especially with all the changes they're making with Epic Universe and all this other stuff that's coming they they have Universal has a lot of intellectual property as well I mean maybe not as as much as Disney at this point in time but they have a lot to choose from so uh, I don't blame them for closing it you know they they closed uh, Bill and Ted's special for Halloween Horror Nights a couple years ago that that hurt me personally because (laughs) I'm I'm a big Bill and Ted fan from way back, but um, you know, I, I got it too, because uh, again, this is something I've been a fan of for 30 something years. So I understood why it was time to update kind of thing. So I do, I think, I do I think still miss the, the Beetlejuice review spectacular that was at Universal exactly. for such a it, long time. It was, I, and I, yeah. I understand though, I do understand them wanting to not keep things stale and to switch things out and keep things fresh. And there's been no announcement yet about what they're going to replace it with. Uh, some people were like, maybe it'll be Shrek 5D. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. One of their recent movies or something, maybe maybe more Minions. God, I, I hope not because the, there's a lot of a lot of minions, lot of minions happening at Universal Studios, you know. And so, I mean, you know, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do with it, but I I understand why they did away with it. Yeah, it's been there for 17 years, and so didn't quite make it to 20, but <laughs> too bad for them. I am very open to Universal bringing back Back to the Future if they right. would like to go ahead and just slip that in and see if people would notice. That would be That'd great. Be great. That would be bring, great. Let's bring that back. Um, so that's closing. Uh, your celeb. I think it's. I don't know if it's all parks, but it did say for Orlando that. Christmas celebrations will start November 13th and run through January 2nd. Have you been for the holidays at Universal? I have. I was there, well, I was there just after the holidays, but yeah. um, last, the last time I was there. And uh, But I have been there. It's really pretty. Uh, you know, uh, they do definitely make the most like of like Dr. Seuss and, mm-hmm. and things like that. It's definitely very, very like little kid friendly. Uh, not so much with the like adult you know, there's not like, you know, the festival holidays at Epcot is, is I think pretty adult oriented and that they have, you know, 
the different cultural markers of, you know, France and Italy of the different uh, traditions of the holidays around the world. I think maybe like if you're a little child, that's maybe not as interesting as right. like, the Dr. Seuss <laughs> holiday stuff. And, you know, but, so I think it's very kid friendly. It's really cute and very, like very bright and colorful and it's lots of fun. I haven't been, I haven't been in a long time though. So I know they do plan a lot of, you know, all the parks do. I mean, SeaWorld has a, a huge, huge uh, Christmas celebration and holiday celebration as well. So um, but no, I haven't been there yet. Are there, SeaWorld's characters are peanuts, right? Is that yes. their, okay, okay. I was just, just checking. Uh, <laughs> peanuts and like, and the, and the, another Muppets, uh, Sesame Street too. I think oh, Sesame have, Street. Yeah. That's right. Okay. They have the, they have a handle on those. Yeah. Uh, Universal Studios Hollywood does a holiday show at Hogwarts Castle at nighttime. So they have their celebrations it's not, yeah, it's not as heavily decorated as Disney, but they do do their best. In the middle of Universal City Walk, they have a giant Christmas tree every single year. And so they try to make it feel like the holidays, and especially in Los Angeles, that can be very hard to do. Same with Orlando, because it's usually very hot. So <laughs> everybody well, does their best. <laughs> you know, what's, what's funny about the holidays with, uh, with the Harry Potter land in mm -hmm. Universal Studios is that... Uh, Miss Joanne Rowling, she does not give permission for Halloween Horror Nights to be extended into the uh, Harry Potter land. She doesn't want the scare actors jumping out at you from behind Diagon Alley trash cans with a chainsaw. She didn't, she didn't want that. She did not. She didn't like that. No, she didn't give permission. She did give permission for Christmas, but she did not give permission for Halloween because, you know, that's odd. What, um, <laughs> You can still go to the, you can still go to the rides. You can still wander around Diagon Alley and, uh, you know, Hogsmeade. Uh, but it's it's scare actor free. It is not part of Halloween Horror Nights. So that's a little fun fact there. It's it's not it's a uh, it's it's like any time any other time that you would go, essentially. So really, well, she has made her choices too. So <laughs> we can all ignore. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's free. <laughs> it's, I just think it's interesting that that you know that they go mm -hmm. all out for the holidays, but not for for Halloween, where it's a park that goes all out for Halloween otherwise. So it's just a really kind of incongruous. I think. Right, and Harry Potter, which has become the fabric of Halloween. Halloween's past, and kids <laughs> who want to dress up as their favorite Harry Potter characters. But I don't know. And you can't. You can. Their their costume. Universal Studios costume rules are more lax than at Disney. So you can't yeah. look like you are a Disney cast member at this. So you can, you right. can like Disney bound, but you can't really wear like costumes per se. So I've, I've, you know, you, I've dressed as Snow White. And um, when I had, when I was blonde, I, I wore dresses as Aurora from Sleeping Beauty and, you know, but they were, they were not real costumes. They were like right. Disney bound. You can, you can get close, but you can't actually go in an actual costume unless you're, I think you have to be a certain, under a certain age, I think 14 and under but you still can't wear masks um like you know you can't have but um i've seen people in full on you know uh, bobaton cosplays at you know wandering around diagon alley like full yeah. <laughs> rowena ravenclaw ball gowns types of things and these are not they don't like universal studios doesn't care if they if you think that some random stranger is part of yeah. know, their employees that's a, that's why disney doesn't allow those costumes they don't want anything they don't want you to like to, you know, bump into someone and think they work for Disney and they're just somebody on vacation. They don't want that to right. spoil your your Disney experience. They don't want to. They don't want to spoil the magic. They right. just want. They want to create their own. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't want it. They don't want it to like, you know, they, they don't want. Plus, you know, they're just very particular about who gets to use their IP. So they don't want to be representing them uh, if you're not. But Universal Studios will let you walk around. I've seen 
full co- I mean full cosplays at uh, Universal Studios. Like I even saw this one guy who um, he goes to cons here too. He has uh, he plays the um, gosh the guy who was uh, Kenneth Branagh's character. The, the oh Marvel. yes, I, I don't know Harry Potter years. as well. Yeah, yeah so but. It, <laughs> really obnoxious guy who has a book of himself and uh the book in the movie has a picture of himself uh moving you know and so this guy has like a whole ipad it's like a whole prop that looks like yes. a book but it's an ipad of a recording of himself like it's this whole like he brought a whole like complicated prop he was wandering around universal studios just like on a you know random thursday the last time i went there so they allow they don't care they allow full cosplays for halloween and for costumes and things so it's a missed opportunity maybe but that's that's how they they decided that she gets to say whether or not yeah. <laughs> whether or not people. sure gilderoy lockhart i looked that up gilderoy lockhart. <laughs> that's him. that was him yes look so. that up He's a Speaking cosplayer, of, yeah. a cosplayer yeah. that has the whole book with the anime. It's but yeah, so they I mean I, I cannot imagine anybody getting away with that at Disney. <laughs> no, I was just thinking somebody asked that on a Facebook group this week if uh she and her family wanted to dress up for like Oogie Boogie Day, even though she's not going to the Halloween party, and was yeah. she allowed to get dressed up at Disneyland? And everybody was like a string of no. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there was no way they will tell you to change or they will yeah. tell you if you're doing full costume, they will tell you to wear something else so like don't even try it but apparently at universal you can just kind of go nuts right <laughs> yeah you can i'm telling you i saw a whole fleet of bobaton students and they were not they were just like kids you know they're just i love this so this is what I love. Um, <laughs> speaking of more fandoms with people with lots of fans, Universal Studios Japan announced a collaboration with Pokemon yes. that's going to be starting in 2022. So Pokemon players are about to lose their ever-loving minds when they <laughs> go to... Uh, so it is, it's going to be like what they're doing with Super Mario Land, right? They're going to yeah. be doing a whole a whole land. They're going to yes. be doing, like, they're building it out. And uh, hopefully the, the hope is that it will make it over to the ones in LA and in Orlando too. Hopefully. But for now, it's, it's only been announced in Japan. They're only doing it in Japan. And um, so it's it's like a whole th- theme park experience. So they're, they, right. they're partnering. It's like an official thing. So. I yeah, I've like I've never seen the layout for Universal Studios Japan, but it sounds like they've got a lot of room to be building over there because they're just I, throwing. It does. It really. Well, the park is the park is. I've heard. I've never been. I have yet to go. Yeah. But the park is enormous, and the fact that they are adding like whole lands, you know, it has to. They have to have a lot of space there. I don't really know. Right. That's a good. We should we should investigate. We should look that up. Yeah, uh, especially if you want to like go to Japan and just immerse yourself. In these, yeah, in these Aerial video mask. game worlds, like go to Japan because that they seem to have all the room and all the all the stuff, it's all the stuff for you. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, they're gonna have a they're gonna they're starting in 2022, and they're also starting the Donkey Kong Land. That's an add-on oh, yeah. to the Super Mario Land that's in right. 2022. <laughs> So I'm assuming that one's announced to supposed to be debuting in 2024. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe the Pokemon one, maybe either 2024 or 25. Yeah, they. I mean, they didn't say anything about um, how big the how big the expanse is going to be, but they did mention that there's going to be like more interactions, maybe in kind of video game immersive. I don't know if they're going to be building as maybe as much that's why they're able to do it earlier than donkey kong and and uh oh just donkey kong because this is 2024 i mean it's yeah. it's, it's pokemon it's got to be interactive it's pokemon I, i'm yeah. kind of wondering too if they're gonna like 
Can you imagine playing Pokemon Go? I was just (laughs) thinking that. I was just thinking that. Because, like, imagine you have your console, like, in your, or your phone in your hand, and, like, you see them just, like, hanging out, but it's real. Like, it's real. It's really that. That's going to be amazing. You're like, I found it. I found it. Like, they have to make, they have to have some, I mean, Pokemon is inherently interactive. There is, they're going to, they're going to come up with some brilliant stuff. I I really can't wait to see it because it's, oh my God. I mean, it's, it's going to be incredible. So we have to keep our ear to the ground about, about any developments about that. It's like, I'm not even a Pokemon fan, but that sounds super exciting. Like I want to get involved. (laughs) I I am. Well, my, my kid is, my kid's a big Pokemon fan since way back. And so, you know, I sort of just by osmosis have just acquired it Uh, a lot of information about the Pokemon fandom but um but it is it's a lot of fun I did play Pokemon Go for a long time my best friend plays Pokemon Go still and uh it's apparently it's a it's it's gotten very sophisticated so I'm I'm just assuming they're gonna use all these different you know uh this different information that they have from all these different uh successful launches that they have whether it be the app and I I can I'm just imagining in terms of interactivity that they're going to do something not like Pokemon Go not as you know prolonged and sophisticated like I said there are people who've been playing it for five years you know but um but you know probably won't take you five years to go through this but I can see you know an app interaction or right. some kind of some kind like of as soon as you step into the park like something yeah. on your app or whatever they have for their systems to be able to like search or make it an interactive game throughout the day like yeah. something fun that sounds like something universal yes. studios Japan <laughs> would do that i hope will transfer over to our parks over here but that's yet sure. to be eventually <laughs> i know yeah. it's gonna take years it's gonna take years and years but i'm um, you know, um, they they are really on the ball about uh, p- planning their stuff out. I mean, you know, uh, Super Mario Land, you know, and, and Epic Universe yeah. and stuff. That was that was planned pretty close together. Uh, they tend to use uh, the same, right? Um, I don't want to say Imagineers, same engineers basically mm-hmm. for uh, for all the parks. So they'll they'll take them all to, uh, you know, to the, they'll take them to Japan and then they'll have them all designed for the same. So it's there's a cohesive look it's not like you're getting three different experiences it's really right so um hopefully if it's awesome like we're hoping it is then we will get something awesome sooner than later here we'll see fingers crossed as you know there's no room (laughs) to build anything in los angeles so i'm not very hopeful (laughs) but like maybe maybe. a back alleyway or something you guys get a little corner or something i know it'd be like here's pokemon alley yeah that's the only room (laughs) we're gonna have for anything but speaking of speaking of builds uh disney is making a movie about the creation of disneyland uh they kind of equated it with kind of a back that tiny little backstage look that you got in saving mr banks when they recreated disneyland for the six like in during the 60s or the 50s and it's that was just like a small glimpse but this one is going to be on disney plus and david gordon green who's the director of halloween kills is going to be directing and evan what a natural choice you know what a a natural (laughs) choice he is the only person i can think of exactly i can't think of of anybody else to direct this movie about disneyland (laughs) that seems out of place but (laughs) 
Maybe he's very versatile. He's very broad, you know. Maybe he really wants to get a Disney property under his belt here somewhere. Maybe this is like a horror movie, and like there's just oh my god, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they're Disney's new horror division. I don't know, but this is taking this is taking a turn. While they were like bulldozing (laughs) those orange groves, like bodies were just (laughs) buried as the creation of Disneyland. Well, the screenplay writer is the same writer as Beauty and the Beast Live and Snow White and the Huntsman. So Halloween Kills and Beauty and the Beast Live and Snow White and the Huntsman. Yeah, we'll see how this pedigree. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) we're on a very broad spectrum of creators. So we'll see how that works out. I mean, I would love like some kind of it, it sounds like it's an actual movie. It doesn't sound yeah. like it's going to be a documentary or anything. So I'd like, like a to his- see... historical fiction, like a like like right. Saving Mr. Banks, but it's just like, about Disneyland, right? Yeah. About like Walt sitting on his bench saying, "I want a park somewhere my children and I can go and hang out," and and then we'll see the orange groves getting bulldozed yay oh how heartwarming so touching and all the oh my god I hope they put in all the things that went wrong on like Disneyland's opening day I totally want to see that yeah that's the kind of thing that you know that theme park history people like to hear is all the mishaps and all the things that were ultimately overcome to have the parks that we have today it's like this is the the movie we want to (laughs) see like we don't know if this is what they're going to be making but (laughs) we have suggestions for you if you would like to take us up on any of our thoughts yeah like the end credits just stick our names on there but I mean that's what it sounds like to me that it is going to be kind of a saving Mr. Banks Mm -hmm. um you know I I don't know how many you know they obviously have a few years uh, by then they'll have a few years of experience of making feature-length films for their streaming platform they've done a few I think this might be the first live action Mm-hmm. That they're doing just because it's only going to be released on Disney Plus, right? It's not it's right. not intended for theaters at all. They've done a bunch of documentaries for it, and then they've done a lot of animated, you know, just for the streaming service. But so they have uh, the history, like they have those resources available to them. Yeah. They can't like fool the viewers into being like, "This is what actually happened." Like we know, we know what right. happened. <laughs> well, they're gonna now. You know, one of the things we wanted to talk about this time is the around is the is the the Disney Parks collection. That's uh, the, there are documentaries. Yeah. Are. it's a bunch of history about the Imagineers and the parks and the movies and it's this huge uh, collection of I guess entertainment and media on Disney plus highlighting this stuff so I think that's probably a natural segue into mm-hmm. making feature films um I can't imagine that it'll be like a whole series like they'll won't fictionalize like the making of Epcot and then the making of I just can't yeah I can't, I can't see it being you know enough fodder for that but um but certainly the making of Disneyland that would be a really great sequel though like the making (laughs) of Walt Disney World like post Walt and like going to Florida (laughs) in the airplane that's still there in the airplane like they'll just feature the actual airplane that is actually still they can't it's literally still sitting there so they could still use it I'm I'm just uh I'm still salty that they didn't bring it out for the that's right anniversary it's just sitting there but but I mean, you know, we'll see how, we'll see if it uh, takes off. Uh, I just do wonder, you know, who, how can you top Tom Hanks' performance? You know, I mean, it's... <laughs> I don't know. We're going to have to see. Um, theme Park Real Talk said it first. We have devised yeah. your first movie and also your sequel. So please call us for any more information that you may you're need. So, you are welcome. You are <laughs> you so welcome. 
are welcome, <laughs> Disney creators. Um, you know, the two of us watch a lot of TV and a lot of movies, and especially on Disney Plus. So we wanted to talk about Muppets Haunted Mansion that Yay! came out October 8th. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts. Tell me all of your thoughts. Yeah, I watched it the day it came out. I'm a huge, huge Muppets fan. I grew up with the original show. Um, you know, it started when I was very, very small. But, you know, by the time I got really into it, it was already like a really huge hit. And um, so I was, I've always wanted, when Disney acquired the Muppets, I always wanted them to do a lot with it. Because the Muppets are such a fun group of characters and they are so silly and timeless and I always wanted them to do basically Muppets Haunted Mansion is what I always wanted Disney to do with the right. Muppets is to overlay the Muppets silliness and humor and wit over existing ideas and that's what that's what the Muppets always did they would always take Shakespeare and they would always take you know, parody the modern shows and of the time and the sitcoms and other parts of the zeitgeist. And they would, you know, give it the Muppet treatment. And it, that was what was funny and fun about them is that they were just this really great way to skewer things. And for right. me, the Muppets Haunted Mansion was just the perfect, absolutely perfect, uh, just middle ground between playing an homage to the the haunted mansion ride which if you are a fan of the ride there are so many easter eggs it is so cute it's so true and faithful it is obviously a labor of love in terms of the ride and if you are a muppets fan again tons of easter eggs there's already been broken down on the internet if you want to, i would suggest seeing it first and seeing how many you catch but i was able to catch quite a few of them um, because they really don't want to hide it too much. And there's like a one, one great thing it does is center Gonzo as the heart of the Muppets, which is valid and totally true because Gonzo is such a great character. But it really does pay so much um, honor to the actual ride itself. So I, that's one of my favorite rides of all time. Same. And it's, <laughs> it's just, it's incredible. Like you can just see how like just the wallpaper. So the wallpaper in the Haunted Mansion is the wallpaper from the rides, except that the faces in the, I think it's Damask, that's sort of the, the kind of pattern, um, is are Muppet faces instead right. of the scary faces. So like little details like that. It's just a perfect amalgam of the Muppets fandom and the Haunted Mansion fandom. And Taraji P. Henson, Henson as the character I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet as the character she plays is just perfect I mean she's just perfect and um I love the fact that Pepe the prawn the king prawn yeah. was one of I have a pet shrimp I have like I'm an aquarium person I have some aquariums here and I have one of my pet I have a pet shrimp and we, his name is Pepe named after the even though he's not a shrimp Pepe the prawn so <laughs> I was really happy to see uh, you know, him take center stage, you know, all, it's just every character is there. Animal, Rizzo the rat. I know. thought it was a missed opportunity to have Gonzo and Rizzo back together again. <laughs> <laughs> like, He's there. I, He's there. I, I won't spoil there. it, but he, he was there briefly. Yeah. I was so. just like, we could have had like a 30th anniversary throwback uh, to. Where, where was Camilla? Camilla? That's true. You know? so. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> I missed Camilla. I loved, I loved the Halloween party with uh Kermit oh, yeah. dressed as Piggy and Piggy dressed as Kermit but so I mean the cameos were all on point um it's just it's it's just was exactly what 
it what they needed to do with the Muppets. And they should have been doing this all along. They've had the Muppets in their roster of characters for years, and they've just been neglecting them. They should have a whole Muppets land at this point. I mean, there's they so should much have a to Muppets do with them. Land. I mean, like we had a California adventure. We got to have Muppet Vision for right. the shortest amount oh. of time. Like Muppet Vision was my favorite thing when I was seven years old going to Walt Disney World <laughs> for the first time. I lost my mind over that. We had a I've park so many times. Right. We it. had a park <laughs> hopper and I forced my parents to go all the way back over there just so I could watch it again. Because I'm like, Valid. I'm not leaving the state until I like watch this again. Cause this is amazing. It's so when hilarious. It, yeah. So when it was a California adventure, I'm like, I just want to see it all the time. Like, I don't know. And I'm so sad that it's not there anymore but Me yeah too. Me and then too. they also and did take them out like right in magic kingdom yeah, they, they took did, them out re- yeah pretty recently and i mean they just they have never disney has never really uh done right by the muppets and if this is the start of them doing so then i will be happy camper because this is what they should have been doing all along the writing is terrific the cameos are on point the the matching up of to the rides it's clearly done by somebody who knows that ride inside and out uh, and loves it and you know it was definitely for the fans and just what they should have been doing with the Muppets all along so I would love to see more of it we should see more I don't know I, I kind of want to pose that this question to our listeners you know what what they think the next attraction theme park attraction Ooh. should get the Muppets treatment you know all of them it's my <laughs> all answer. of them right all of them <laughs> We already have, you know, we have Muppets Treasure Island. So I think Muppets Pirates of the Caribbean might be like a natural step. I was thinking that, um, you know, because they have Muppets Treasure Island, which was a really big hit, that uh, Muppets Pirates of the Caribbean might be a next natural step or, you know, something like Muppets Soarin' with Go Through the World. you know with with, with the, the muppets, muppets. <laughs> exactly exactly you know you have the swedish chef you have you know all these different you know they are from different parts of the world so if you had something like that you know then maybe we could of course you know sam the eagle could bring us back to america it's everything so if we had i can see the possibilities for the muppets and having a, a ride overlay and having that um turned into a film and it's yeah. a short film by the way muppets haunted mansion is only 54 minutes long so right. it's a great halloween viewing thing but i i I, I would be very curious to hear from our listeners what they think the next attraction should be to get them up. And I really think to promote the new incarnation of Splash Mountain, they should just have Muppet Splash Mountain with Tiana and then just encourage more people to come and see the new Splash Mountain whenever they decide to renovate it. So all over that. <laughs> Muppets, Muppets, anything we're shouting out for more yes. Muppets. They but... have to, they have to start. I mean, it's like, a, if, if this is the tip of the iceberg, I'll be a happy camper because they have never, they've never done right by, by the Muppets in any of the theme parks or anything like that. They've never, they have yet to, to utilize them to their fullest potential. And this is definitely was a great start. I agree. Give more to the Muppets, give more to the Haunted Mansion, just give just give more but that's all the news that we have for this week and uh thanks for listening yes so be sure to uh follow us on sound we are now on soundcloud we are on spotify we are on google play and we are on itunes and the links to all of those are on our website at beingparkrealtalk.com so please do like and subscribe we are on all the more socials over on Facebook. We're on all of our platforms, our theme park, Real Talk. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And YouTube as well. We're on YouTube. And YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. <laughs> 
you prefer to watch us talk about theme parks yeah, instead of basically. just listening, we got you covered. The only one that we're not theme park real talk is uh, is Twitter because oh, Twitter. That's we right. ran out of ran out of characters. <laughs> So that's Theme Park RT Pod. But otherwise, we are Theme Park Real Talk everywhere. So also the cool. advantage of seeing us on YouTube is you can look at our t-shirts. Is because our t-shirt, I'm wearing yes. Sanderson. We, got, <laughs> we are representing. We are representing. So. We will be themed for theme parks Absolutely. every week. But thank you for listening. We'll be catching you next time. See you real soon.